Welcome to Cheer Report, the podcast that gives you a fan's voice on all things going on with Thursday Sharks and the Barracuda. As always, everything said in this podcast is 100% my own personal opinions and is not affiliated with either team or the respective leagues. And now it's time for a brand new edition of Cheer Report, the podcast made by a fan for the fans. Very well, welcome to the eighth episode of Chill Report Season 4. We're on the home stretch now, folks. <laughs> uh, so, today it's, it, 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 we are going to be looking back on the month of, of March with other sharks and Barracuda. Different, different reflections for both teams, actually. For the, for the sharks, it's been a bit of a mm, up and down, up and down. The Barracuda, they've, they've really improved since uh, we were last, uh, with you guys on the last show. They really did improve over the, the past month, but uh, yeah. But let's face it, March is normally one of those tough months here in Saturday Hockey, and this year it was, for me, blood blood boiling. Oh my god, there were so many moments in this month that we just had, where, which has literally just made my blood boil. But that's a lot of the officiating, it's going to hear a lot of <laughs> <laughs> it also feels a bit weird because obviously this this is going to be released in in April, um, and normally we'd be in playoff mode by now. It still feels weird knowing that going to April, there are te- there is technically still a month of hockey left to play. So by the time this episode comes out, um, the Sharks will still be playing hockey. That's so weird because you know it's just it's strange. I mean, last year it was understandable, but this year it just doesn't feel right. But yeah. So that's what we're going the home stretch now. A lot of busyness coming ahead with lots of teams in the league. Um, and we're going to be reflecting that on the West Watch. Because the West Watch is back. Because obviously it was absent from our last show. Um, but it's back. And it's going to be a little bit of a trade deadline special. But yes, trade deadline's been and gone. It's passed and all that. Um, for another year. Uh, so yeah, so, and of course there wasn't much newsworthy in the, in the conference uh, this month. So I thought, let's do a trade deadline special. That's what's going to be... So it's actually very, very exciting. So that's what we're doing on the um, on the West Watch, and also stick around to, towards the end of the episode because at the end of the today of the show, I'm going to be giving you some information about our uh, last two shows of the season. Because right? obviously, with this not being a typical normal hockey season, um, it means we've got to do a little bit of adjusting again. again. Well, it's what this, this is what the podcast all about. It's an adjusting podcast. We adjust pretty much all the time, but. No, we've got to readjust, really and I have been thinking about it, about it um, for quite some time now, and I've, and I've have reached the decision, um, decision that I know it's going to be perfect for the show and everything. So, so make sure you stick around for the whole show, because at the end I'll be telling you a little bit about that. As always, we would love to hear from you, dear listeners. You can get in touch with us um, at tealportpodcast.com. Send us all your thoughts, questions, um, tealport big suggestions. We'd love to get some of those. Uh, so yeah, so get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. Um, so it's podcast at gmail.com. Alright, strap yourselves in, folks, because it's going to be a very, very hectic show as we get ready to start looking back on the month of March for your Saturday Sharks.
So, warm welcome back to the West Watch. Of course, we're not featured on the last show. It's so lovely to have it back. Okay, there's not been much news um, in terms of the Western Conference this month, uh, apart from what's been going on the trade deadline. So, we're going to do a trade deadline special here on the West Watch, where we're going to cover every single thing that's been going on involving a Western Conference team. Um, so, it could be West Coast teams train. Um, with other West Coast teams, or it could be traded maybe with an East Coast team, but with a bold West Coast team, we're going to talk it through. Um, and I have to say, well, I was not disappointed with the trade line. I did expect it to be a lot more busier than it was last year. Last year it was quite quiet, but that was probably because obviously, you know, with the Kraken coming in the distance, there was an expanding draft ahead, teams didn't want to make too many moves in case it affected the draft. And here, definitely made up. Last year, so here we go. So we're going to run them all off one by one. Okay, so everything I'd like to make, uh, talk about all happened on the actual trade deadline day, which was March 21st. As we all know, um, the trades ca can be made before before the deadline or after the deadline, but I'm only going to talk about what's happened on the day of the deadline. So here we go. So the Pittsburgh Penguins acquired defenseman Nathan. For the Olympic Jets, in exchange for a conditional seventh round pick in this year's AHL draft, the Isaiah Coyotes acquired forward Jack McBain from the Minnesota Wild in exchange for a second round pick in in this year's AHL draft. Uh, the Washington Capitals acquired forward Marcus Johansson from the Kraken for forward Daniel Sprong. And a fourth round pick in this year's draft, and also a sixth round pick in the 2023 draft. The Isaiah Coyotes acquired forward Brian Little, and also the rights to forward George, forward Nathan Smith from the Winnipeg Jets, in exchange for a fourth round pick in this year's draft. The LA Kings acquired defenseman Fred. Rick Allard from the Nashville Predators in exchange for forward Braden Burke. Okay, so this is more than a few trades of your Sharks now. We acquired netminder Capo um, Kakanen. Oh, I don't think that was that right. And we also got a fifth round pick in this year's draft from the Wild in exchange for defenseman Jacob Middleton. So, of course, Middleton was sort of all the people we thought might get traded, which of course he did. Uh, now, here's the big one. The Minnesota Wild acquired goaltender Mark Andre Fleury for the Chicago Blackhawks in exchange for a conditional first round pick in this year's draft. Now, oh my word. I think we kind of all suspected Fleury to be one of the main people who would be traded in the deadline, but I could not believe he went to Minnesota. Why Minnesota? Minnesota's not a team that's likely going to contend for the Stanley Cup anytime soon. Uh, so it just doesn't make any sense. So we'll have to see. Because obviously I know the Wild are currently in a playoff spot. We'll have to see though if um, there's maybe no improvements on that. We'll have to see. We'll see. So that's all your main big shot of the trade line. The Nashville Predators acquired defenseman Alex Bianca for the Toronto Maple Leafs in exchange for. for Future considerations. I'm not too sure what that is. The St. Louis Blues they acquired defenseman Nick Leddy and Luke Witkowski from the Detroit Red Wings in exchange for defenseman Jake Warman 
forward, Oscar Sunquist. Sunquist is gone. Although didn't Sunquist requested being traded? So he's got we want. He's got he's got the trade, but not for for the team he probably would have liked to have gone to. But hey, careful what you wish for, Sunquist. <laughs> and also a second round pick in the twenty twenty three draft. The Colorado Avalanche acquired forward Arturia Lifkin from the Montreal Canadiens in exchange for defenseman Justin Burham and a second round pick in the 2024 draft. Washington Capitals acquired forward Johan Larson from the Arizona Coyotes in exchange for a third round pick in the 2023 draft. Uh, the Rangers acquired forward Nick Merkley off us. So we, and it's, we got uh, Anthony Pietro in, ex in exchange. Tampa Bay Lightning acquired forward Riley Nash from the Arizona Coyotes in exchange for future considerations. Another trade by the Sharks. This is another one we expected that could have maybe um, traded. It was Cogolito. So the Avalanche acquired uh, him from us in exchange for a fifth round pick in the 2024 draft. Uh, the Rangers acquired forward Andrew Kopp at a six-round pick in the 2023 draft for the Winnipeg Jets, exchange for forward Morgan Burham, and two conditional second-round picks in in either this year or next year's draft, and also a fifth-round pick in 2023. The Kings acquired defenseman Nelson Nor. From the Winnipeg Jets in exchange for defenseman Marcus Phillips. The Oilers acquired defenseman Brett Kulak from the Montreal Canadiens in exchange for defenseman William Lagerson and a conditional second round pick in this year's draft and a third round pick in the 2024 draft. The Penguins acquired forward Ricard Raquel from the Anaheim Ducks. The Ducks have been very busy sellers in this draft, in this trade deadline. Um, they've been selling a lot of Bets left, right, and centre. So the Penguins get Raquel in exchange for forwards Zach Aston Reese and Dominic Simon, and the rights to goaltender Kale Klang, and also a second round pick in, a, in this year's draft. The Jets acquired forwards Zach Sanford from the Ottawa Senators in exchange for a fifth round pick in this year's draft. Edmonton acquires forward Derek Brossard for the third of the Flyers in exchange for a fourth round pick in the 2023 draft. The Dallas Stars, they acquired forward Balad Kisab Nomotinikov from the Detroit Red Wings in exchange for a fourth round pick in the 2024 draft. The Rangers acquired forward Tyon Morte from the Vancouver Canucks in exchange for a fourth round pick in the 2023 draft. Calgary Flames, well, they acquired centre Ryan Carpenter from the Blackhawks in exchange for a fifth-round pack pick sorry, in the 2024 draft. The Orsessors acquired goaltender Michael McNibben from the Calgary Flames in exchange for future considerations. The Cracker, another team has been busy in this draft. They, acqu they acquired forward Victor Rass from the Minnesota Wild in exchange for future considerations. Uh, another trade involving your Sharks. This one involves Alexi uh, Merchuk. He was acquired by the Tampa Bay Lightning in exchange for forward Antoine Moron. And I think that's going to 
do it. Let me just double check. It does all the trades. Yes, that was the last one. So those, okay, so those are all the trades that were made on the, on the actual day of the deadline. I know there have been lots of trades happening after the deadline or before the deadline. Yeah. So overall, let's see who the winners and losers are. Well, I think they say the winners definitely here were the Wild. Taking Mark on the glory. I'm surprised Edmonton didn't want to have, have a bite um, at him, given how their goaltending is not great. Um, Calgary may have boosted it. Colorado may have gone for him. The fact he gone for Minnesota is just... Mm, I don't know about that. Um, but I think with Arheim and Seattle, they too have done well. I mean, the Ducks, even before the deadline, they're busy selling assets left, right and centre, and they're still doing it during the trade deadline. What they've now done is they've got some great picks like that. They don't have to use all of them. They can try and use it as leverage to get some trades um, throughout next season and beyond. But they have done well. I think it shows the Ducks are definitely going for rebuild build and rebuild for the future to be competitive and what they want to be. The Kraken, um, well, we'll see who the Kraken is with their first trade deadline experience. They have got themselves in the position that the, that the Golden Knights were not. And that they were able to use their assets and they got this one draft and use them as leverage uh, to maybe get something up rather than nothing. That's a position that Vegas did not find themselves in going into um, this position in the 70 80 season. And that is really going to benefit the Kraken. Because it means that Kraken will not be in the position that Vegas are in, you know, with. You know, they've got too much quality on their squad. They've not got they've used up all their cap space and they're trying to think, well what can we do to free it up? That is what made us run into and they still have not learned. Uh, because there was a trade involving that between the Golden Knights and Anaheim Ducks, which ended up getting voided by the league because apparently that the said player uh, had a list of teams he was not gonna be traded to and unfortunately the Ducks were on that list, but apparently didn't they didn't realise it so it was too late. So a bit awkward there, but no, will be the crack, and then a much better position going into um, moving forward than the Golden Knights were. And if it be the crack, and if they're there, ways up, and the trade line is probably the best way to start it. You know, bullshit, bullshit, bullshit squad ready for the future. Okay, so that's all we're going to talk about still the West Watch, and it's not much, but um, there hasn't been that much um, in terms of news uh, throughout the conference. Really. It's just been players signing contracts, players being traded, support. Let's just do a round of what's going from the trading line. Um, so, yeah, so, yeah, so it's a short one, but hey, fair enough, I suppose. My, oh my, oh my, we got a hectic the corner to get through a very 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 busy month about creative which I think was def is definitely what you compare it to last month is def was definitely a lot better um could be a little bit more there because I've got a few more points than I am but hey it definitely was an improvement compared to the month of February which was we don't want to be reminded of so as a very 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 busy I'm about there might be a little pause at some point uh, but bear with because it is very busy there's a lot to get through right so here we go so let's 
begin. So we begin with March the 2nd and a very, very, very rare victory over the Eggsburg Gondors by 3 win. Uh, back in the step four, James Skid at home with a 5 3 win over the Eggsburg Gondors. So with that victory, the team is now 3 1 against the Gondors at home this year. So we seem to be playing better against Eggsburg on home ice. That's been to note for going forward. Nick McLean ended the game winning goal with 1 minute and 35 seconds left regulation. And then scored in three consecutive uh, games. He also notched an assist in the win as points in four straight games. John Leonard scored at 1 pity in the first period and also collected assist. After missing 14 straight games with a facial injury, Nick Stiak returned to the lineup and put his third goal of the year. Joachim Bitchbud is now just two goals off at the team lead after lighting the lamp on the power play in the second period. Zachary Emmon made 23 saves to earn the win, including all nine in the third period. So it's the officer but just his third loss ever against Barracuda. Like four goals on 28 shots. And the victory was the Barracuda's first in regulation since January the 23rd, which was a fight to it against none other than Bakersfield. <laughs> so yeah, so we seem to be doing a lot better against Bakersfield when we're at home. Very good to play at Bakersfield. Uh, fortunately, no game, some post, no post games over here, so we'll move straight on to the next one, uh, which was against, of course, our arch nemesis Stockton. Oh! On March the 5th, an overtime loss, 4-3. The Barracuda managed to raise a two-goal deficit against the Stockton Heat and uh, uh, forced overtime, but just couldn't get the win as it was for 52 seconds into the uh, extra session uh, for free. Dylan Ham netted his first goal in 22 games and added an assist for his first two-point game of his career. John Laird potted his second goal in as many games to force the OT. And then Sasha Chalansky netted his first goal in six games and is now just one point shy of his career high of 11 that he set as a rookie in the 1920 season. Dustin Wolf uh, picked up his fourth win against the Barracuda in as many games and NHL best 23rd pitch of the season, stopping 28 of the 31 shots he faced. Yusuf Maki netted the overtime winner, his second goal of the year and second goal in as many games. Again, no post game salary, so we'll move on to our game on March the 6th against the Tucson Roadrunners. Oh, what a convincing victory here. 6-2 over Tucson. They had the bag of to score four unanswered goals in the third period alone against Tucson. Um, it was a impressive 6-2 win. Um, with that, the Barracuda are now four points out of the playoff spot. I'm not going to mention it, I'm not going to mention it. Uh, John Laird scored his Barracuda's second hat-trick of the season in the first of his career. He also added an assist for his first four-point game of his career. In his last three games, Laird has seven points. The hat-trick was the tenth in franchise history and the first in Sasha Charleski's on January the 8th. Lane Pedersen scored his first goal in a Barracuda's jersey and added an assist in, his, in four games played. Pedersen's got five points. Nick Merkley scored his 10th goal of the season and um, assist and now has got four goals in his last five contests. Joachim Lechbjörn cashed in his eighth power play goal of the season and has got and now six on top of the team in terms of points. 
Zachary Edmonds they uh, made 33 saves in his second straight win. The Bayern came out to score twice for the power play and now have got multiple party goals in three straight contests, uh, straight home games, I should say. And they hold the record uh, for best home power plays in the league at 26.7%. I do have a summary for you, so I'll get to that right now. Here we go, let's have a look at it. So it reads as follows. Barracuda goal scorers Leonard uh, with his 14th, 15th and 16th of the year. Uh, uh, Pairs got his first, Merkley 10th and Blitchwell 17th for the Roadrunners. Caracone 23rd of the year and Foley 1st of the year. Tops on goal 34, Barracuda 38, Roadrunners. Both teams had the exact same power play opportunities and the same pair limits. They each recorded 50 permits each. Both had four opportunities to power play. Barracuda cashed in on two of those four. The Roadrunners, none. In what was an impressive victory over Tucson. Okay, well, we then move on to Ontario Reign. Um, and an overtime victory um, on March the 9th. And an overtime victory over the rain for 4-3. Uh, they scored three times on the power play. So power play is really clicking for the Barracuda, which is so interesting because the power play for the last couple of years has been quite a stickler for the Sharks. Yet right now, the Barracuda is just clicking. They need to give some of that recipe that they've got working to the Sharks. They really do. Um, in Ontario, up ending the rain 4-3 in overtime. The win was Barracuda's first in overtime this season and first against the rain in five contests. The Barracuda have now collected points in four straight games for the first time this season and are just two points out of the playoff spot. get his not, not the game winning goal at one twelve of the extra session. And the first overtime win of his career. Chalaski now has got points in three consecutive games. Lexi Merchak at his underwin, making 27 saves on 30 shots. While Jasper Worthy scored his scored twice on the bad advantage. His first two AHL goals of his career. Uh, Lane Pedersen scored for the second straight game and now has got points in three straight contests and six points in five games with the Barracuda this season. Rain forward. TJ Tyner collected a pair of assists, uh, extending his, his points streak to 10 games. Tyner is leading the NHL with 74 points and 63 assists. Martin Fruk scored a power play and added an assist. He now leads the NHL in goals and is second on the power, in power play goals. And he's now riding an eight game point streak. No post game summary, so we'll move on to the next contest. Um. Oh, another overtime loss to Stockton on March the 12th. What's interesting here, though, is the Barracuda, they, they, they've been collecting more points. So, I mean, if this was the Sharks and they were getting these overtime losses, I'd say, at this point of the game, I'd say, that's probably not good enough, especially how tightly packed the Western Conference is in the air. Right now. But because it's the Barracuda... I honestly don't really mind. Because for me, what I'd love to see for the Barracuda is just to fear strong, you know. Let's fear, because this is a huge season for the Barracuda. It's the last one we're going to be cohabitants of SAP Centre. Next year, they move to their own, own building. Let's just go out there, because the playoffs is a long shot, let's face it. That's why I'm not talking about it as much. It's a, it's a long shot, and I think it is probably, like the Sharks, a 1% chance now. Um. 
Let's just have a bad conversation on high, and especially after a bad month of February. So it's great to hear that they were picking up these points left, right, and centre. And I think this was what the fifth game in a row they picked up um, points to. I think it might have been. Um, yeah, so March 11th, March 11th, first part of a back to back against Stocks, I should say. There's something to say. So this is the March 11th one, where we lost in overtime. Um, at the back here, uh, they uh, actually did in that contest, led tw twice led by two goals in the third. Um, but starting, pulled found a way to tie the game and then win it in what was a shootout. Why did it say OT on, on the on the OT there on the article? Sorry, it's a picture of it saying OT, but it's on the, on the headline it says shootout loss. I need to change that to a shootout loss. I think I will. I'll just go. Yeah, I'll change that to a loss. We need a loss. Let's have this correct. Obviously, when I look back on these in years to archive them, my episode plans to be wrong. Right, so that's a shutout. Shootout. Shootout. Yeah, a shootout loss to the Heat. And uh, with that point, the backer now 3 1 1 over its last five games. So it was five games. Got it right. Longest point streak of the year. Jolet scored and added a pair of assists, extending his point streak to five games. Joachim Blitchfield scored on the power play, and now he's the Barracuda in points. Um, he, and he also co-leads the team in terms of goals. That tally was his ninth on the man advantage, which ranks second on the team and fifth in the AHL. Ultimately, Knaisa scored twice and added an assist for his first three-point game and multiple game of his career. And Sashkowski finished with three assists, marking the first free helper night of his career. The third year pro now has got points in four straight contests. And Barracuda went three for three on the penalty kill and did not give up a single shot. Barracuda scored on all three shots it put on net in the second period and two of its first three shots in the first. After the sixth round shootout loss, the Barracuda are now 2-1 in shootouts this season. So as I mentioned, this is the first part of a back-to-back. -back. So the very next night, March the 12th, we were again playing Stockton again. Unfortunately, this time it was a massive 6-3 loss. So the point streak, unfortunately, snapped. The Barracuda got four goals in the third period on Saturday night. Um, and it would fall to 6-3 to Stockton Heat. After that, Barracuda 1 4 1 1 against the Heat this year. It's lucky you can get any sort of 4 4 streak against the Heat because they are literally unstoppable this year. I think they have got the Pacific Boom crowd locked up. Uh, probably like their parents in the air, shall I? <laughs> oh, it's all going good for Calgary fans. <laughs> oh, let's not stop. Just for whatever be, it scores it's in the first period. Um, well, on our advantage, actually, Edwardby's now got three goals over the last three games, all on the power play. Like I say, this power play is doing wonders for the Barracuda. Just need to dedicate that for the Sharks. Jake McGrew ended an 11 game goalless drought with a second period strike. Lane Pennison notched a power play goal and now has got seven points in seven games with the Barracuda this season. Uh, as I go two for four on our advantage on Saturday, the Barracuda have now scored multiple power play goals in five of their last seven contests. Um, 12 out of 28, that's a 49%. Uh, 
Irina Pedersen scored twice including a penalty shot goal in the third period. It was the second penalty shot opportunity against the Barracuda this year and the first goal all time. Uh, goalies are 7 for 10 on penalty shots. Dustin Wolf made 30 saves to improve to 5-0 against Barracuda this season. Um, no posting, so basically we'll move straight on. Um, and Stalark, remember him? Remember how he had that unfortunate incident when he had to um, make the call up against the National Predators? Well, he was in the net when the Barracuda played Tucson on March the 16th and he shut them out. There we go, 4 nothing. That's uh, about good. They got once again to the 40 save mark, honestly. Uh, from netminder Alex Stalock in his back of the season debut and blanked the Roadrunners. Um, for nothing. With that, with the back of now beat the Roadrunners on three consecutive games, shutting them out twice and outscoring two of 13 2. Although it wouldn't have it all our way, about to find out in a moment. His first game in America since January 6, 2016, Stalock uh, turned aside all 40 shots he faced at uh, his 12th career AHL shutout. Jake McGrew scored twice for the second time in his career and now has got three calls over his last two games. McGrew also fought, uh, also had to, took, did a fight there. Uh, Montana, Novotrushki dropped the minutes for the ninth time and second time in his many game. He needs all rookies in terms of fighting majors, in majors, uh, nine, and also Pedrinitz, 99. Not sure that's the tally he wants to be proud of, though. Um, he also added an assist and now got assists in his last two outings. Ibar Wanger scored 57 seconds into the contest, now one point, sh one goal shy, sorry, of his career best season. Liam Pearson knotted his second goal in as many games, second in as many uh, games against his old club, the Roadrunners, and his fourth in eight games with the Barracuda. Shastikovsky picked the assist on both McGrew and um, McGrew goals and now has got eight points over his last six contests. Uh, these two teams combined for a season high 114 penalty minutes as five different fights broke out uh, during the contest. So they got very, very uh, scrappy, you have quite close these two teams are to the standings, so a lot. So, you know, it doesn't sound like a lot to play for. It really, it really did feel like people give the flavour of the colour, especially with all the fights that, you know, end up breaking out. <laughs> so, it kind, so anyway, it kind of sort of felt like a top of the, top of the mission clash, you know, with teams desperately scrapping to the point, but um, that was not the case. But, it sort of had that flavour if you, you get, if you get the, dri the drift. Because, um, you know, everybody's fighting to get, um, you know, points. They were end on a high. As I, as I said, you know, at uh, the start of how Port is sort of fish strongly. Every team wants to do that, even if he, regardless of he's going to be in position for playoffs or not. And, of course, we do know that um, teams now, at the time of, of really, uh, recording this, this segment, uh, Teams are starting to clinch. Um, clinch. So it's getting very, very tight now in terms of playoff races and points and, all, and also where everybody else is going to finish in terms of standings. So our next game was against the Roadrunners. And as I did saw a little 
hints. This was the hints. Um, this was the, this is the second uh, on March 18 because the first were back to back between the Robo's. I did sort of hint this. The Robo's would finally get a get a little notch on their headboard when they took a shutout victory. Uh, shootout victory yesterday over the two over Arakula. Um. But the Barracuda had to erase a two-goal deficit in that third period to force the extra session. But of course, it eventually relied on our shootout with the Brothers. We know we're winning. Joachim Blitzfeld notched his ninth power play goal just 27 seconds into the first period. And then Lane Pearson scored his, his first third consecutive game and now has goals in five of his last six. Uh, Pearson had lit the lamp in all three games this year against the his former team, the Rope Rulers. Jaden Hauslatch uh, netted his first goal in 6 to tie the game up in the third at 3 3. Uh, Hauslatch, it was his sixth on the power play. Zach Emmer made 20, b b b 33 saves, so I should say, in the loss and is now 2 0 2 over his last four. Whilst Art me, Kinesa collected a pair of assists in six multi-point game of the year. In the shootout loss, Barracuda notched uh, multiple power play goals for the seventh time over their last 11 games. So as I mentioned, this is night one of a back-to-back, -back, so the very next day, and the Barracuda. You know how they've done all season in back-to-backs. They either win the first game, then lose the second game, or they lose the first game, win the second game. They did win this one quite convincingly, 5-2. They jumped out to a two-goal lead in the first and never looked back. As Joachim Litchfield notched his 10th power play goal. Oh, what is it with this power play? It's absolutely brilliant, Barracuda. How is it not working for Charlotte? I just do not know. Honestly, this power play's been unstoppable in the month of March with Barracuda. Brilliant. And that's probably helped the point streaks and getting more points on the board. Um, but it does mean that Blitzball has now got, um, now leads the team in terms of goals and co-leads the club in power play goals and points. Lane Pearson scored in his fourth consecutive game and now has goals in six of his last seven. He's also lit the lamp in all four games this year against his former club, the Revelers. <laughs> that is not. Well, it might be, you never know. Sasha <laughs> Zalewski opened the scoring in the first and then added an assist. He's now got 12 points of his last eight games and co-leads the team in scoring. Lexi Marchat made 30 saves to pick up the win. Nick Merkley scored on Saturday and now has 13 points in his last 12 contests. He also co-leads the team in terms of points and is first in assists. After that, we're about to finish the season series with the Robbers 4-1-0-1. Um, collected points in eight of their first nine games to start March 5-1-1-2. Sadly, though, it's about to get... Mm, you look at that and think, yeah, great, a lot better than February. Let's see if we can keep it up. But, mm, not end or downer. Starting with another loss to Stockton. Oh, uh, yeah. 
So March 22nd, Barracuda would come back home to finish the remainder of March on home soil. Uh, but they would, but uh, it would not, it was just not pretty. Uh, so first up start to three one loss. Uh, they got again 40 saves. Another 40 save night. This time on Zach the chains go. But they only managed just one goal and they were downed by, doused I think is probably a better word, by the, by the heat. Um, Brinson Parsnock notched his first goal of the year in just his second game at 132 of the first period. Matt Phillips tied the game in the first with his fourth goal over his last three outings and now has got four goals against the Barracuda in eight games. Justin Kirkland snapped an 11-goalless drought and collected his first game-winning goal of the year by breaking the deadlock in the third period. Zachary Sarsko made 40 steps. His first annual action since February the 3rd. Uh, Dustin Wolf collected his HR leading 28th win by making 25 saves and now it's 6 0 against Barracuda this season alone. After that, Barracuda have now dropped 9 consecutive games to the Heat on home soil since the 18 19 season. Yeah, I think it's fair to say Stockton and Bakersfield definitely are two teams that have our card. Um, but yeah, but with Bakersfield, you have as you've seen so far this season, the Barracuda have managed to get wins on against them just because the heat not so much. Okay, so we move on. March twenty. Um, basically, now the, now the range, range of this of this of this this home style would be a bit like how you see the Sharks play one night, rest next. Play one night, rest next. So March twenty four. The new kids were in town. The Abbey Canucks. It's been oh no, it's been a while. So let's see if I can do it. Let's see if I can do it. Do it. So the Barracuda they fell into a two-goal hole in the first period, um, and they just couldn't dig themselves out, falling four-one to the Abbot's foot. No! Oh, I knew it was gonna do it. Oh, I knew it was gonna. I knew it was gonna pop up. No, I knew. I knew it was gonna cock it up. I knew it was gonna do that. Knew it. For God's sake! They they've almost completed their first ever break of the season in the HL, and they're on course for playoff berth. And I still haven't managed to pronounce their name correctly. Oh bloody god! What are we gonna do with the Cover Cup playoffs arrive? Because Abbott's foot, they are on course. They are on course. Oh, God. I knew he was going to cut this up. That's why I always say Abby Canucks. Cause it's just so much easier. Oh, dear. Anyway, it was a loss. It was a loss. Should we just focus, should we move on to the game itself? Sorry. Sheldon Rimple opened up the scoring at 6.54. And he's now collected four points over his last two games. Sheldon Drees uh, notched his teeny uh, 31st goal and now ranks third DHL in that department. Jaden uh, Halbrach cut the lead in half in the second period and now has got points before his last five games. Joachim Blitchfield collected assists and is now pacing the Barracuda in terms of scoring. Uh, Tenzin Martin improved to 3 0 against the Bar Barracuda and has now won four in a row. 
Alright, and we still have got a, no, a, no matchup against these newbies coming up next month. Um, so yes, yeah, so I've got another chance. Try and keep right. I probably won't. Which is going to be really, really annoying because they are on course, uh, the Canucks, to make it to the postseason. So to get into that, it's going to be very, very annoying. Although, they'll have to go to the play-in, so we'll have to see. Anyway, right, Marshway, right, so major, so Marshway 6 now. Two games against the Eagles, but not a back-to-back. Um, so the first one was on March 26th when the Barracuda would, would fall 7-5. Quite a wild one because the Barracuda scored a season-high four goals in the first. Now, a four-goal lead is something very, very hard to overturn. Expect it. You know, as we see a lot in the, in, the, in, the, in the NHL. But the Eagles then allowed, then got the next five. In the second, eventually took the win 7 5. A really, really wild, wild night here. Because you think four goals up, you, you're off to the races, you're good. As long as you don't, um, good. You might need to get one more just to definitely seal the deal. But, yeah, so hats off to the Eagles here. I have to, I've got to give credit where credit's due. Let's see who else gets credit. Jokin Blitchfield scored his 21st goal of the season. In the first period, he currently leads the team in terms of goals and points in 51 games played. He also has points in five of his last six. J.A. Havlach notched an assist for his 19th of the season. He now has got points in five of his last six games. Elon Wagner scored on the breakaway for his 11th goal of the season. Jasper Willoughby had a career high, three points in 17 games. The rookie. Keyford has three goals and eight assists in her 11 points. And Araska snapped a 12-game goal drought with his fat fourth the season. He also added an assist. Antoine Moran scored his first goal in a Barracuda jersey. Uh, Nick Siak scored his fifth goal the season and the deck got a second in three games. And the Barracuda went one for four on the power play here and two for three on the penalty kill. So after a wild one, the next matchup, which happened on March 28th, a quiet one, you could say, as uh, the rag could have fell for O. So Jordan Ross had a goal and assist. It's taking his point streak to four games. Uh, the fourth year forward has got 54 points in 51 games played. Jason Maynard had two assists for his sixth multi-point game of the season. Hunter Miskat stopped all 20 shots en route to his fifth win of the season. The shutout win was his uh, was the fourth of his career. Uh, to they went over six on the power play, two for four on the penalty kill. And that shutout loss was the Barracuda's third of the season as they have now dropped four straight games. But unfortunately, they would drop one more on March the 30th. Now, I cannot believe the timing here. Okay, because there was a little bit of confusion about when this game was going on. Because uh, obviously, here in England, time difference is not open. But apparently, right, get this right, this game took place, now, kid you not, it's, this game took place 10 a.m. Pacific time. Yeah, I kid you not, alright? And I had, I had no idea, uh, 
that this game took place that early. It wasn't until it got brought during the Sharks Intermission Report. I was like, what? Are you serious? 10am in the morning. Pacific time. In Ontario. That is just... What was it? Uh, that is... Well, hang on. Was it a home game? I forgot now. I've lost... Uh, no, I think it was Ontario. Can I just all clear and check that? Because the... Because even I'm getting confused. Because we just recently changed our clocks here in England. So that's not a believer. Let me double check. Was it a home match? Oh, it was a home match! Right, so this was an SAP centre. 10 a.m.? What the hell? Because the Sharks weren't even in SAP. In Zarzay, they were Zarzay, they were in Arizona for for a back-to-back -back, uh, between uh, the Desert Dogs and the Lotto Colorado. Yeah, so the back, so the Sharks were not even in the in the city. 10 a.m. Was SAP Center hosting something else? Is that why we had this early early start? So let's look that up. Bloody hell, 10 a.m. You only get 10 Pacific Pacific starts if you, if your team's in the Eastern Conference and it's a massive day. Wow, seriously. 10 a.m. That is just that is balmy. Honestly, that is balmy. I just can't believe that. Why 10 a.m.? Why? What the hell? So I just, oh, sorry, it's very early. Yeah, I know this is going off course. I'm trying to see if there was any um, events that were going on to see if there was a something going on here. Uh, bear me one sec. Mm. Right, so I'm just going to kind of No, that's that's it. No, the word. Right, that's interesting. Looking at the looking at the um, events, the kind of events on the SAP Center website, and a pat and looking at it. No, there was nothing. There was nothing else scheduled for that event. You had the Ontario. You had the Black about Tory Rain, 10 a.m. But no, there was nothing else scheduled. So there was no other event going. I could say the Sharks were out of town. They were in Glendale for the final for the final time uh, for the Coyotes move um, to Tempe. Um, so no, so there was no, so there was nothing else going on. There was no, there was no sort of con no other concert going on. No any other any other. Uh, what are the other TV show that's been sent about the Sharks? Um, so there's no sort of concerts going on, no other sporting events. It was just the Barracudas getting against Ontario Rain. So that is shocking that it played at 10am in Thursday when there was no events going on. If there was no events going on, like a concert, then obviously that would be understandable because you would need to redo the item to take it out and put a stage in. But no, there was nothing else going on. That is absolutely balmy. That is just balmy. That's balmy.
Right, well, let's, let's re recap it. And I know we haven't done that yet. Let's recap it. Oh, balmy, balmy. So they gave up three goals in the first period. But again, you could argue about they had to play, start, had to play to get 10 a.m. So I'm going to let them slide on this one. Uh, it could mount a comeback, falling to Ontario 6 3. With that loss, Vancouver has now dropped its last five in a row. Jasper Obi scored his fourth goal of the season. And also added his ninth assist. Rookie has five points in his last three games. Ivan Wagner got, got both his 12th helper and 12th goal of the season. Has got points in two of his last three. Wagner has now set a new single season career high in goals, assists, and points. Joachim Mitchell scored his 11th power play goal of the season, and that's tying a franchise record for power play goals in the season, uh, which was set during the 1617 uh, campaign uh, by Daddy O'Regan. The goal was also the 50th of his career. Jay Harbalach added his 10th power play assist of the season. Artemi Kanlas notched his 50 assists in 50 games played. The rookie has 5 goals and 50 assists in for 20 points. And Raska added his 8th assist and his pass points into his last 3 games. And that it concludes the month of March for the Barracuda. Woo! A very lengthy Barracuda. Uh, Kuda to say it was a very tightly packed month for the Barracuda. But it kind of was like a roller coaster in the month of March. Start, you got a high, then you come crashing down to a low, then you have a high again, then you come down to a low. It definitely was in, it peaked all over the place. But, for me, I think this was a lot more better than February. Because February, because the last show, it was quite hard to be enthusiastic, wasn't it? It was only one win, and it was against a club that the Barracuda aren't in, a, in, in the same division with. It was against Texas, you are in the Central. So, uh, yeah, so... So this definitely for me was a lot of uh, uh, definitely okay the last the last five not helpful. This definitely was a lot better month for the Barracuda because they were getting more points in games than they had been doing over the last month. Even I, even these shootout thirty losses, I was I didn't know how to much a prod the win because it meant the Barracuda was coming away with something, which was a lot better uh, for them rather than coming away with nothing. That's kind of meant I would want to have the Barracuda now at this point. Just at least come away with something. Rather than nothing, so just add to Italy and it helps with standing, it also helps with morale. Not opportunity to maybe you know, fear straw, which of course we want this team to do because, of course, they are now just a couple of games away from the end of the season. In fact, let's look it up because there is not long left, my friends, until the Barracuda will fly the nest. Okay, so. Okay, and in fact, mark this in your mark this in your diaries. Oh no. It's against the team I can't pronounce. The last um home game for the Barracuda this season, and I need to and I will need to double check if this is an SAP centre or not. So and uh, not um uh so ice, which is where we do play sometimes. Uh, it's going to be April the 15th against the Abbey Canucks. Um, oh, hang on. No, that's at Sharks Ice. Right. That's the last home game of the season. But where's the last game at SAP Centre? Let's see. 
Let me look it up. Aha! So, right. Okay. So, that was the last home game of the season the Barracuda Lot beat, April the 15th. The last home game in SAP Centre for the Barracuda will be on April the 13th when they host Bakersfield. So, put that in your diaries, alright? Barracuda, my bear. My fellow Barracuda fans, and all, of course, any Bakersfield fans, put that in your diaries. April 13th, that's the last Barracuda home game in SAP Centre. Not just for the season, but but, but for good. Because obviously, of course, next year, we will be, Barracuda will fly the nest to Texas U Arena, their own home. You never know, the Barracuda might play SP Centre every now and again, maybe, you know, maybe, maybe the Coral Cup file or something comes to Sarsay, they could do that. I mean, obviously, Henderson last year played that particular playoff file, which they lost in T-Mobile, which, of course, wasn't helpful to their parents, but also a playoff match as well, but, <laughs> yeah, okay, so, yeah, so, yeah, so, not many games left in April, so it's going to be a more quiet month. We've got two against, we've got a couple against Stockton. Um, we've got, oh, we've got loads against the horses. I mean, I, I mean, I know April is Grand National Month, but that doesn't mean we've got to have lots of Henderson matchups. <laughs> uh, sorry, here in England, the Grand National is a very, very big race for us in horse races in England. It's always in April, it's always must watch, and everyone always takes a punt on it. Oh, bloody hell. Got four matchups against the horses to finish off the off the season. Looking at their, their spread apart, not that large, but all at once. Yeah, so got a couple against Stockton, couple against Bakersfield, loads against the horses, and just one against against. <laughs> it's kind of weird because the other person in April you got at least two matches, but Knox it's just that one. And it also happens to be the last home game. Of the season. <laughs> oh dear. Oh dear. But yeah, but yeah, so just mark that in your diaries, folks. Um, folks, uh, last last uh, home game of the season in SAP Centre will be um, on April the 13th when the Barracuda will host the Bexport Condors. So that'll be the last home game in SP Centre. And then basically, take your guesses. Who's going to get the honour to be the first to play in Texas Arena? Hmm. Maybe that should be a teleport bit we should do. Let's have a guess who it could be. Start taking sweeps now. <laughs> or could it be, could it be Coachella? Oh, the new, the, the other newbies. Oh my God, it's going to be the first, next year's the third year we've got a newbie. But it starts after that, thank God. <laughs> yeah, so, but all, this month has been a lot better. Got more points out of it. Uh, out of, it. Um, of course, it's getting quite tight now, because obviously, you know, Colour Cup playoffs, Scenarios are coming to play. A lot of teams starting to are now in a position where they're a couple of points away from clinching or have clinched. I know a couple of teams have clinched already uh, at a time of recording this segment. 
a couple of teams have. Um, if you go to actually, if you go on the AHL website, this is brilliant, and I would love the AHL to do this. If you go on the, if you go on the AHL website, so AHL.com. If you um, go to, I'm just, I'm doing it now, just now, by just, just, just to talk you through it. If you get right, so you go AHL.com. If you go to standings, you'll see there's league standings and there's the playoff primer. If you click on playoff primer, okay, it will show you all the stats um, for all 31 teams. It's absolutely brilliant. I've been using this to keep an eye on how on eye because I'm really am looking forward to the Calder Cup uh, personally here, particularly this, this format we're going to be doing. Uh, so if you go on playoff that it's playoff primer, and you can see all the stats, and you want stats, and there's a little section called the magic numbers. So if you look at magic numbers, it looks at what how many points uh, teams are away from either clinching a playoff spot, uh, division trophy, or the lead trophy. Um, and it also, if there's any clinching scenarios, it gives you that as well. And also, at the very bottom, um, it gives you a look at what the matchups would look like if the playoffs were to start today. Um, of course, this year's Carl Capella's a bit, uh, we've got an extra round. We've got, the, we've got the, what they call the first round, which is kind of like a play-in. Then we have the division semis, then division finals, conference finals, and Calder Cup finals. Finals. The first round is the best of three, and then after that, it's the Calder Cup Heights Noise on. So division semis, division finals, best of five. Then conference finals, Calder Cup finals, best of sevens. Um, yeah, so this is really, really good of the of the um, of the of the AHL. I'd love the a I would love the AHL to actually do this, and it would be very helpful this season, given how quite close the playoff race is in the Western Coppers right now. So, oh, so this is great. So, yeah, so you go on AHL.com, go to standings, and then click on Playoff Primer. It will take you to this page, and you can take a look at all the stats and see which teams are in the mix, how the mix. Um, look at the standings. Look, see what the match look like if it's a playoff start right now and you can also keep an eye to see how your team is um is doing um doing so yeah so i so i've been keeping an eye on this um ever since i first saw it i've been i've been keeping um i've been keeping a close eye on it um to see um how far everyone's uh close so yeah so rip so, yeah so but uh, right but it's very right now. It's kind of big percentage of teams that have that got the closer to clinching spot. But that's because we play fewer games than the other submissions do. Of course, that ends next year when we all play the same number of games. Hallelujah for that. But yeah, so it's very, very interesting. It's very exciting to look at. So, yeah, so if you want to look at that for yourselves, go to angel.com, go to standings, and then click on playoff primer. And you can look at it and see. Uh, particularly if your team is actually contention, you can have a look at see all the stats and, and, and try and work out how close your team is away from clinching a berth in the division stand in in the playoffs this year. Uh, Barracuda, I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, I mean, we haven't mathematically been eliminated just yet, but I don't think it's going to happen. Um, 
But let's just face our high hey. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, so it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting final push. It really is, it's getting very exciting. And this has been a very exciting edition of Cooter Corner. And everyone, welcome back to the look back. So we're going to be picking up where we left off. Um, oh, okay, March the eighth. Yeah, because it's, it's a bit weird because obviously we um, ended the first half of the look backs on the first part of the back to back, and we're picking up on the second half of back to back. Oh, if you've been with us since day one by now, you should you should get the drift of this. That this uh, trying to split the. The month in half is never an even number. <laughs> number <but laughs> oh, even last year when we played in blocks most of the time, it didn't help either. Alright, right, so second over back to back, back in SAP Centre to face uh, the Avalanche, um, who made their only trip to California, or well, the north side of California, anyway, this season, and a 5 3 victory to the Avalanche. But that scoreline, I think there's quite a few matches in this second half of the, of, of the month where the scoreline just did not reflect the overall picture and this about them. Because at one point in that game, the Sharks were dead and buried, 4-0 down. Um, but they, they, they didn't, but, they, but in previous Avalanche games over the last sort of two seasons, so we go back to last year in, in the West Division and the year before that, um, in the abrupted 1920 season, the Sharks haven't been done that well against the Avalanche. Um, and this looked like it was going to be one of those typical nights. But they came back in it, and oh, for me, for me, the main thing, if only that goal by the control had got had gone in and counted, um, as it would have changed the entire comics of the whole game. Um, but I do give credit where credit's due. I applaud the Avalanche because um, they made the right case. Because question, because when I heard the charge was going to be there, I thought, all right, is it going to be for the offside goaltending interference? Now, if it had been for goaltending interference, then the Avalanche would not have had a case. They just would not have had the case because the puck uh, went across the line before contact was made with the netminder. So the Avalanche would not have had a case. And it would have been an automatic player game penalty for them. But because they charged offside, they had a case. And it was very close. It always is quite close with the offside challenges. But unfortunately, it did go the other way. And it did when the goal came off the board. And that just changed the whole complex. Flex. Because you could see early on some signs, particularly in that play, to get for, for, for Logan to get that goal, which obviously didn't count. Those clear signs of aggression and attack the Sharks, which is what I would have loved to have seen. But sadly, it just sort of fizzled after that coach, successful coach challenge with the abs. And then when they started scoring. Um, but we did have a late sort of flurry of our own um, in that in, in, um, in the third. And that sort of turned this from sort of a Colorado route to a more valiant effort. And, you know, it's, it, you could maybe argue, oh, if that goal got in, maybe this game would have ended up being another time or, or shut out. She's out, sorry, and that would have given us a point at least. But yeah, so that goal uh, for local control that was disallowed, that really changed the whole complex of the game because it went from being a, 
all potential sharks between in by a one goal margin because it would because if that goal had come it would have been a one goal mar margin the victory and ultimately yeah the, the sharks losing so a lot more buying effort this time than the first matchup against the avalanche all the way back in the season which i've kind of not really forgot about right now it's been yeah but it's, it's worse where you have to go because oh, it could have been completely different and it could have been something that changed there's little moments like that or you think oh because that could have changed the whole complex of a game unfortunately did that right march 20th and the desert dogs back in town yeah so coyotes 4-2 win for the sharks although this could have very nearly been a completely different story now Nick Benino, he scored 20 sec seconds into the game. You think, oh, right, here we go. A high-scoring affair. Yes, let's secure the points of the bag. Come on. But after that, it all just went quiet um, for both sides. It, it wasn't just that oh, the Sharks got that goal and thought, oh, okay, we'll just sit back and wait till the let, let, wait till Arizona's win. No, no, no. Both teams here, they clearly sort of lacked uh, both aggression and offense, and Zaze was very, very nearly uh, given a nasty shock when the Desert Dogs took a lead, which I think was about less than four minutes to go in regulation. Um, and but the cavalry did come uh, to the rescue. The former Timo Meyer, uh, Noah Gregor, and Rudolf Bolsters uh, to steal the win in uh, regulation times. But it's just one of those. It's like. You got the lead early. You should have made. She should have been. You should have managed to. Should have been able to build something from that. Um, you know, I always talk about insurance goal. Get to smart hockey territory. We didn't get that. It was quite. It was a very tense matchup, um, and it very nearly could have gone the opposite way. Um, and I, um, and I know because I've seen characters myself in action. They can easily beat you on a, on a good given night, but. Yeah, so luckily, like, again, that's, that's, I think that's another game where, yeah, that scoreline doesn't really reflect the whole thing. Because, I mean, one of them was an empty net goal. <laughs> so, yeah, so that just does not really reflect the, the game. But, oh, that was a close one. Right. So, oh, March 22nd now. So the Sharks go on the road to Alberta. Both Alberta barns. Um. So, we've already had one goal, coach, no, sorry, coach, we've already had one controversy regarding coach's challenge. Well, now it's time for another! <laughs> it was in, 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 in! We all knew it was in! We all knew that goal went in! Okay? Logan Kajon knew it went in! His teammates knew it went in. Everybody is that. Uh, that our, our Sharks broadcasting team knew it went in. Everybody who supports that they knew it went in. It went in the back of the net. You stupid Zebras. Game, set, match. Lights out, Calgary. Woohoo! Series win. Come on. Okay, so we may not be heading for the playoffs, okay, but hey, at least we can say we have got the series victory over the pos potentially, I don't want to jinx this for Calgary, 
the potentially future Pacific Division champions. Come, come on! Alright, that's going to be one to mention in the finale. Because uh, I did tease it. Um, I, I can't... Um, uh, that during the finale, we're going to be looking back at how many uh, season series victories the Sharks have got this year. Because they've definitely improved from last year. But that just single one of LA, they've improved last year. So we're going to be like, and this will be one at the top. Come on! Again, very could be a different story. Because Calgary uh, thought they were running away with it at one point. Because um, they, uh, how are the Sharks? They were actually doing what they've done best in this in this in this in this particular regular season against the plane. That is you stay calm, you play Carl under pressure, you know, you dig at the at the heels and eventually and as long as you've got stunning net mining, which we did, you'll reap the reward. Because James Reimer was absolutely stunning and stunning in this in this matchup. And I'm gonna hear nothing of, of, on the contrary, okay? Yeah, so what? Calgary got through on the board, but at the end of the day, he kept us in that game all the way through. And that game, and he, he and Jay Tyler, he helped, gave us a chance to get in the back net. So he was stunning in that, and that's what we did. <laughs> oh, and the way uh, those two goals that came 28 seconds apart to help steal the deal, they were just such a beauty to witness! And we all knew on the last one for local control, we all knew that we're in the back of the net. Okay? Even the goal even the goal line judge who has to let the lamp up. He knew it as well. Alright? So we all knew that we're in. It's just somebody didn't tell those stupid zebras of the officials that it was him. God, they make my blood boil. Really do. Take it this month, because oh my god, it's been infuriating, it really has. But you can't run. Now we have got one more matchup uh, against Calgary to play. Uh, that'll be coming up next month. Um, so, but uh, so it's so it's going to be sort of similar fashion to the LA uh, se uh, series, where okay, yeah, you've got the regular season win. It doesn't really matter the last matchup. It'd be nice to get a sweep, but don't worry if it doesn't happen, because he can come away and say. We got more wins than them in the regular season series. So, yeah. So, the Flames may be poised to win the division and are going to go into the playoffs. But, hey, at least we can say we got the victory over them in the regular season series. Come on. Okay. So, that was the nice side of Alberta. Oh. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Everton Oilers fans, you know... That I know that your jerseys are ugly as hell, okay? They are really, really bad, okay? The only, there's only one team, well actually there's two, but the, but the Ducks don't wear it often. There's only one team that can pull off wearing orange all year round, and that is Philadelphia, okay? Um, yeah, I know how of course do have those gorgeous bird jerseys, but they don't, but they don't really bring them out that often. Um, so I wanted to, so I was gonna maybe suggest to add include I don't know, but I probably won't because uh, you don't really see them wear them uh, that often. Often, um, but yeah. So, so Philadelphia, but you guys, 
they are ugly. They really are ugly. Um, and so it's this game. It was a 5-2 win for the Oilers on March 24th. Um, now, the Sharks did have a, a, a promising start in this one. They got the first goal game, which is always good. And it's something that we saw uh, last month, um, both while I was on my Olympic break and when I came back from my um, Olympic break. Um, it, was a, it was a real struggle. Uh, but so to get this goes great, good to start. But it also fell apart thanks to a, another blind spot by somebody wearing a white and black checkered uniform! Bloody hell. <sighs> it was a missed cross checking penalty here to Leon Drysdale. He should have been paralysed by that. That should have been blatant. And um, before we go further, let's just remind ourselves before back into the off season. So let's just remind ourselves. Let's go back to before September. Let's go back. What did the NHL say they were going to try and try and double down on this year? Hmm? 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 Oh yes. Cross-checking! Alright, yeah? Yeah, remember that? Remember that? Remember the league said this year we're going to try and, you know, uh, you know, knuckle down on the amount of cross-checking penalties against Taken. That was something that they were going to be um, keeping an eye on. Well, here was one, and you missed it! You missed it! And that missed, uh, missed, missed call creates a goal which then kills any momentum the Sharks had moving forward for the rest of the game. It's like, I'm sorry, and I know this is not helping the audio levels, and I do apologize. If, you, if you've got this on full blast, you might want to take it down a notch. Because chances are... Uh, I'll probably have burst into a sound le- le- a, a, sta- a decimal. <laughs> but that's so how I just feel very strongly here. Because this was... because so, this Not because it was my team that the penalty was called on. It's the fact... Or not called on. It's the fact that the league said that this is going to be something they were going to be um, dealing with. They said they were going to be, um, you know, stamping down on the number of pe- cross-checking penalties they got taken the league. Well, that's just double standards. That is being hypocrite. That's hip- hip- hypocrisy right there. Are you du- doubling, sta- doubling down on those, on, on those parties or are you not? It's like when a couple of years ago with the, with the slashing, uh, when the league said we're going to knuckle down on how the slashing pairs get taken. And they have managed that quite well. And slashing is not really something you get seen that often anymore because obviously players know even the smallest slash, we're going to go and sit two minutes in the box for it. But this is another. But this is just a complete double standards. The league said going into the season, amongst other things, that they're going to be doubling down on cross-checking parties. While Leo Drysdale just did a cross-checking party there, he didn't call it, and it allowed him to get a goal. So that's not on. That really is not on. It's either you knuckle down on cross-checking parties or you don't do it. Take a side!
Right, take a side. Because that's just not on. So I say, yeah, so for me, that goal really, at that moment there, really did sort of kill any hopes of trying to get back into the game. Um, you know, uh, because special teams played a big factor here. Uh, the Oilers' power play were a perfect all night. I think they scored on all their power opportunities. Sharks' penalty kill, on the other hand, which we are starting to become famous for, well, it really did leak. And this is something I'm a little bit concerned of because the penalty kill is great. We've been talking about you know, how we marbled up how the Sharks did a brilliant penalty kill uh, for the last couple of years, actually. Let's not have this brilliant op uh, uh, thing that we are getting good at slip away. That's, but yeah, so, hmm. So hopefully that's just mm, not something to worry about too much because, um, yeah, we have been good, got good, good at penalty kill. Let's not let that slip up. But seriously, either double down on, on, a, on a certain penalty or don't double down. You can't just be flimsy, you've got to take a certain stance. Right, let's, let's actually though, before we get to March, the March, let's breathe. And let's breathe again. And one more just for measure. And calm. Well, I don't like the word calm and and tranquil. That's better. Speaking of tranquil, ducks finally make their first visit at San Jose. We're nearly in the season now. How how the ducks not come to us yet? Right. So, ah, oh, loves this. So after two controversial victories for the mighty ducks in Orange County, mm -hmm, one which we've already covered on. Uh, earlier in the show, it was about time that Saturday put these cheating duckies in their place. And whilst uh, they couldn't match the dogs in terms of the physicality, which the dogs are very well famous for, it was the score sheet, of course, as it always does, where it counts the most. Uh, as Tio Meyer continued his stunning performance against the SoCal clubs. Ah, Southern California, I should say. <laughs> the, Ducks, the Ducks and Kings course south of the river, we're the north of the border. But yeah, because so we've seen how Tio Meyer's been brilliant against uh, the Kings and how he's been scoring pretty well against them. And here he, he showed that, well, Ducks are technically a Southern California team. Let's just go and put some in the there as well. He can have some too. Brilliant work here, Team Iyer. He is literally on course, but a very, very stunning season. Um, it would not surprise me if we get to the stats. Uh, at the end of the season, he is high up there as the goal leader, because I think he probably will be, but he's had an impressive season. It's absolutely brilliant to see. Does his contract need to be discussed yet? Always, was it not? Because if it is, ink him. Ink him. For the ink job, hurt up. Ink, now you need to ink Maya. But anyway, <laughs> that's the word time. Yeah, a stone display from him. Um, recording a stellar hat trick to take him up to 30 goals now. And that ultimately gives Stars like, a big, big win um, over there at Anaheim. Because uh, technically, I think we should have got the other two 
in Orange County. But hey, there's still one more match to come. So we could potentially still tie the season series. Uh, and it'd be similar to what happened last year when the Ducks fought. They were... Um, when the Ducks did tie the series last year, even though we were in the position to win it, the Ducks obviously did. So let's see if we can do what they did to us last year. And to finish off the month with a back-to-back on the road, and begin on March the 30th with a little bit of history here. Um, Alright, I need to brace myself because I might get emotional in my, um, here because it does bring up some old uh, wounds for me. Um, Yeah, so... March the 30th uh, will go down in history as the final Sharks-Coyotes game in Gila River Arena, Glendale. We, you, you should all be aware by now of the situation regarding the outside Coyotes. I personally, myself, have been sort of conflicted with a lot to do Tillpot bids on the situation. Uh, because this really does bring back um, some old wounds for me. Here on here in England, um, because um, I've been in the position where the Coyotes are, and I've been on the position on the side where it does not end well. The Coyotes, we know, it is going to have a happy ending eventually, but for me, eventually, but it has brought some old wounds um, for me, which is why I've been sort of reluctant to maybe do teleport bids on it. Um, but yeah, so so oh, yeah, so I'm struggling now actually. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah. It's fine. It's, it's fine, you know. But, it, but yeah, the whole County's Glendale saga, it has brought up old, um, old wounds. Um, but glad to know, obviously, um, it's now sorting out for them. And they are now on track. Um, but, yeah, so it's going to feel... It's going to feel... It's, it's sort of going to feel a bit weird next year because they're moving to ACU, which is technically a, a college campus. Um, so it can that so it can only really seat about five thousand, which which would kind of be your standard. Well, sort of what would which would be kind of like a sellout crowd for an AHL game because AHL you tend to not get about four thousand. Um, but yeah, uh, but the, AS, AS, the ASU is going to host five thousand. Uh, so it's going to feel a bit weird next year seeing. And also for the next three years, uh, seeing NHL hockey in a college campus. But hey, it's better than the alternative and the Coyotes being relocated because that would not have gone down well. It really would not have. Um, yes, so so it's going to feel like next year. It's going to feel like, oh, is it two? We go to Tucson? Is it the Roadrunners? Oh, no, oh, no, wait. Oh, oh, no, it's just the Coyotes in those ugly Kachinas. Come on, people! Come on. You know my opinion on, on, on teams going back to fr uh, doing their throwback looks as a permanent thing. No, it's nice every now and then. There, you've got a special occasion and a anniversary. It's all just a third jersey, but not all the damn time. Alright? Oh, dear. Don't give us... Don't get any ideas for us either. No, uh... But yeah, so this, oh, so it has been a bit, oh, for me it's been a bit, oh, it has brought on wounds, um, but, yeah. So, March 30th, final game in Glendale, and it did not end well. Oh, please tell me that did not rhyme, because I don't like, because I hate rhyming. That better not have rhymed. Right, <laughs> we better get on to the game. Now, my dear friends, if hitting the post was a way to score goals, 
and the sharks would have taken the victory. The amount of times they kept hitting that goalpost and the sound it makes is not pleasant. It never is, even if you even if you are watching it on your telly on the other side of the pond. It's all that sound it always gets you. Uh, but as by that scoreline, that does not show the full picture. The sharks did have aggression. They did have they had promised. They even got a power play goal, you know? A rarity! As we, as we all know in Saturday. Well, it's actually a rarity to get a power play to start with, let alone a power play goal, but hey! Uh, you know, that was that was courtesy of Scott Reedy. He got his second year. That was the, he got the puzzle there. Um, however, I think it was Arizona who saw the more determined side. Uh, they sort of and they were they had a bit more um, ferocity, and it just it just looked like they were just were pouncing on every single mistake that was being made by Arizona. It was just uh, yeah. So hmm. and of course it did get a bit nasty towards the end, a bit of fisty cuffs. Speaking of fisty cuffs, let's go to ball sense, bit arena. <laughs> I'm on March 31st, next day. I'll get my tennis racket. Oh, Avalanche fans, you better pray your team does not have a long playoff run because I'm going to be shouting, Nimbos, please! Every time that puck goes out of ice! <laughs> oh. oh, come on! Come on! If you're going to set yourselves up to be taken the mick out of, then I'm afraid you're going to deserve getting the mick taken out of you. So, fair, fair, I'm afraid, abs fans. Fair, fair. Uh, now, things got out of hand here in terms of the officiating. Because uh, Col Colorado, they are starting to get a bit too big for their boots. They are another team that needs to be taken down a peg or two. Um, oh, God. No. Because there was no need for that sort of brawl that was going on towards the end of the third. And that was where another missed opportunity was called. Because one of our Shark players got, el got elbowed in the head. That's a penalty. And you get caught. The other should be the one who had the extra mile in the box. Not us! Oh, bloody hell. Now, the Sharks did come behind from behind tw twice here. This was not your this was not your typical shark abs game where it takes a while where the sharks are able to hold the card off the ball for a good period of time. But then when the first goal comes in, oh well, we go, here comes the flurry. <sighs> Someone get me a slushy, they need it to calm down! Yeah, you get the drift. <laughs> yeah, make sure the red and the blue one, that'd be lovely. I just forgot what their flavours are called, but yeah, make sure that. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so it was actually a quite tight game until they made it, what was it? Four. 3-2, 4 two. No, I think for it was 4 two, that's where it's all right away. Because we get 3 two, if we had got obviously to pull on that mind, then we could have maybe gone for it. But, yeah. It was very similar to how the, the Coyotes put their, um, put their game to bed. They made it 4-2, and then after that, uh, quite late in the game, and, then, and we just didn't have an opportunity to pull that mind. 
Uh, the difference here is the characters then got a freebie on the, on the, on the internet where the Avalanche didn't. Um, but here's the deal. That mistake by Eric Carlson, that cost us dearly. Now you know my thoughts about it as a player. Seriously, you can't make a mistake like that against the number one team in the NHL. Who I think it's better to say, and I actually don't mind jinxing them here. I think it's better to say the Avalanche are going to lock in the President's Trophy again. The second year in a row. That is, that is an achievement alone. It, it's very, very, very hard to defend the President's Trophy. It's a, it's a rarity. In fact, I'm going to bring it up to you. Because I did actually wonder this. I did wonder, when was the last time we had... Uh, somebody be crowned back-to-back -back President's Trophy champions. Uh, so I did look this up. So I'll bring it to you now. Because um, I did look this up. Because we all know how the President's Trophy is not everyone's favourite trophy to win. As we know, back in my, what was my first year as a Shark. Yeah, 2009. Yeah. Right, so here. So, the last time a team... Um, won the President's Trophy two years in a row were the Washington Capitals. Um, and what's very interesting is they um, were eliminated in the, set, in the exact same round both years by the exact same opponent. So they were in 2015-16 with 120 points, which I think is the number the Avalanche are chasing uh, down. Um, could be double. So yeah, so they, can't, so they were the 15-16 season with 120 points. And then the following year, so the 16-17 season, they were again with 118 points. points. So that was the last time the Washington Capitals... Uh, sorry, no, sorry. That's the last time, sorry, that the President's Trophy uh, was won back-to-back. -back. It was the Washington Capitals that did that. Now, you could argue that obviously last year was a shortened season and season because uh, it, uh, it was only 56 games played and I'm sure there are some Vegas fans shouting it's technically shopping hours well guess what it wasn't deal with it alright deal with it just like how your horses need to deal with the fact that you did not win the the, the, the division, division last year it was Bakersfield! This is getting so aggressive this second half. Oh my god. You can tell we're coming towards the end of what's been a very, very, very intense season. It really has. <sighs> yeah. So, yeah. So, um, there'll be some pundits who'll argue, well, the only reason the Avalanche technically have redefended as President Trophy Champions is because last year was a shortened year and this year was back to the full blown shebang. Well, not really, no, because, no, because, as we saw last year in the Stanley Cup final with Tampa Bay, it is technically still possible to redefend as a defending champion, regardless of, you know, how many games got played the, the past, the ball of the past year. Um, yeah, um, yeah, so that will mean that, going into the playoffs, at least one team who won a trophy last year has defended it, and that is the Avalanche with the President, with the president Trophy, because obviously with last year being different alignment, different division, divisions, 
Um, going into this season, the Avalanche are kind of the only team that you sort of know is definitely going to redefend. Have opportunity to redefend its title because obviously all the divisions are going to have new champions. Including the Central, which still feels weird that Eastern team has won that crown. But hey, those are the breaks. So yeah. So, hmm. But yeah, so. But yeah, but that mistake it just by Eric Carlson, he made that game, ultimately cost us dearly. And at the end of the day, there was just no way back. There was just no way back. Hi, there was something nice to cheer about for Team Teal. And that was Team Meyer. He reached a career high in terms of points and goals. He got his 31st of the season. That for him is a career high. That is absolutely amazing to see. And Tomas Hurtle also gets to be part of the history there as he got uh, got the assist. So that is amazing there. A nice way to sort of what was sort of a bit of a miserable game. Okay. So the record numbers 5-7-2. It's interesting about Hallmark because it was looking like it could have been an even record of so like 5-5 five, five, or 6-6 six, six, something, but yeah, but it is sort of an even month because you add those, the, the five and two together, that makes seven. So technically, we got points in seven games and they get points in seven games, but at the end of the day, it's not pretty. Right, so the now all I have to do is pick a high point and a low point of the month. Okay, the low point I think is easy to do, so we'll get out of the way first. I cut first, I can't. Let the Nashville game slide. I, I just cannot. That was a abysmal display here. And that very nearly could have been a double-figure loss. Okay? That easily could have been a, been a double-figure loss. Okay? Now, I remember watching the game going, Please don't do Detroit. Please don't do Detroit. Please don't do Detroit! Feel which the Red Wings have done that twice now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Ah, 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 yeah, yeah. So if you think we're having a, having a terrible time, go and look at Detroit, okay? Yeah. It, it, yeah, so Detroit have now this season lost twice in double fig figures, like until more goals. But this one against Nashville for us, very nearly could be, but Bank Beat wasn't. But yeah. So the March 5th game against Nashville, that is the low point. Now the high point. It's got to be the calculator, hasn't it? That's it! It's got to be! Come on, it's got to be. It's got to be the calculator, hasn't it? Surely. I mean... I mean, oh, I, mean I know there would have been the... Um, the, the... No. The... The... the um, you know, that display against the Kings. Um, but I think it's got to be, um, which is very impressive, uh, I marched up, but I think it's got to be Calgary. I think it's got to be. Yeah, sorry, the, for me, the high point has got to be that stellar 4-3 victory over Calgary, which was done in regulation time. That's got to be my high point. Just the way, that way... Sharks able to come back from what was near could have been a route for the, for the Flames. And Dennis Ryan was amazing in there. I have to give, it, give that one. That's got to be my high point. That's got to be uh, the high point. So there you go. So that obviously concludes it uh, for the lookbacks. And 
the show. Now this, of course, no would, would be the point where I would be would be um, signing off and telling you what's going to be coming up um, on the next show. But we're actually going to pause and then we're going to come back and then we're going to explain all that because, as I mentioned at the start of today's show, and um, I've got a little segment where I'm going to be talking you through what's going to be happening with regards um, to the the, uh, the end of this season. Because, um, as I say, because obviously this year it's not been a typical normal hockey calendar season. It's maybe we have to adapt again. And, um, yeah, so the last couple of weeks I've been thinking it through and what we're going to do and all that. And I finally come to a settlement where I'm happy with and I'm going to, with a few others, share that with you so do stick around because it's not over just the show's not over just yet so just stick around for just a couple more minutes and um, so you can find out uh what's going on um for our final couple of shows um uh, just in case i haven't done it in this segment coming up i'll remind you now again how you can get in touch with us you can email us at tearportpodcast at zero.com we'd love to hear your thoughts on all things not just Sharks and Barracuda, maybe actually we'd love to hear your thoughts on what's going on in the league as well as a whole. Um, got any questions? We can have a go at doing that. Uh, but we'd also love to see you to send in suggestions on what you'd like to see us do for any future instalments of Tour Report Biz. We'd love to get your ideas, suggestions, and we couldn't do that. Uh, but yeah, so if you want to get in touch with us, it's Podcast at deal.com. I might have mentioned it um, in this segment coming up, but I might have forgot to do it because obviously it's we talk about it's coming at the end of the season. So, yeah. So, that's it. You've got your mind now. Anyway, so you've got it now. You can try it down. Uh, just to kind of have a bit. So, so, stick around. So, yeah. so, basically, the show's technically done. But it's not done yet. Because we've got one last thing uh, to do. So, just stick around. I will be back really, really shortly. Just before we go and wrap up uh, what's been another amazing episode of the show, um, I just want to let you know uh, some big news regarding our season finale, which is ra- is literally round the corner. It is not that far now, um, but yeah. So I want to. So I'm going to give you some big news now. As we all know, this season has not been. A typical hockey season. Despite what Commissioner Bettman and his deputy they have said, this has not been a typical NHL season. Particularly in the Canada structure. Because normally it would be beginning of October to beginning of April. And normally in April, you would only have like three or four games left. Which is why we just bundle them up to one big bunch and do it as the first part of the lot of Blarley. Get it out of the way. And then do some fun stuff. Well, of course, this year, with the schedule, we still technically, technically, with April, have got a full month of hockey actually left in the calendar. So, uh, this, has, this has got me thinking the last couple of weeks, thinking, well, because we have got some fun stuff planned for, the, for, the, for our finale coming up, but I don't, but I don't want to have to put that in and, and do... Look back for a full month of hot sharks hockey. Do a potential West Watch to round up the playoffs. 
Look at Cooler Corner. It's good. No, it'll be it, on top of all the fun stuff. It'll be like a four-hour marathon. No, that's far too long. Especially as these shows now last just uh, last at least two hours as it is. So, so I have over the last few days made a decision of what I'm going to do with the finale, and I think this is going to work brilliantly because not only does it mean you're going to have an extra episode. I know, isn't that fun? Absolutely fun uh, and brilliant news. But um, yeah, so here's what's coming up uh, going forward with the remainder of Teleport Season 4. So, on your next show, it's going to be a typical standard um, show. I mean, I know by the time, time release, you'll all be in playoff mode. Um, but it'll be just a typical standard show. So, you'll have your look back, screw the corner. We will have a West Watch. I mean, all it will be will just be rallying up who's in and who's out of the postseason of the Western Conference. But we'll have it as a West Watch segment anyway. We may, we may as well. Well. So it's just a typical style episode. That'll be next month, so that'll be May. And then in June. Yes, so June. So if any, um and of course by then most of you will be doing your Stanley Cup final parties. Okay, <laughs> plastered and hammered. Because <laughs> your team's won the cup or or your team's made the final. <laughs> Might not win, but you've made it. <laughs> in June! That's when we're going to do our full-blown season finale. So we'll, I think we'll look back on the, the season as a whole for both the Sharks and for us as a podcast. We'll also do some little stats. We're also going to have some rants because there's still some, some, some issues I've got that I want to get off my chest. So we're going to do that as well. <laughs> and of course, we're also going to look ahead to what's going to be our landmark fifth season. Can you believe it? Next year's going to be the fifth season of Teleport. It's like these, it's like these five years will be just flown by. It's absolutely understandable. But I've got some things in plan the pipeline. Some gratitude of what's coming up. Um, yeah. So just what we're thinking. It's not really wise to do the finale as we normally do it for next month when technically there's still a full blow month left. This is going to feel really weird for a lot of teams, because a lot of teams are going to go to April thinking, can we not just sit it out? There's no way we're going to catch the Pampers or the Avalanche. Can we just sit it out? And sadly, no. You've still got to play four months left. So, yeah, it's mad. Barney, better. Here's probes that next season it all goes back to normal. It's early October to early April. Because uh, I, I can't deal with a third or third unusual season in a row. I can't. I've literally I've had it with these unusual seasons. One every couple of years is is, is enough someone can, you can take. But to do two in a row and to do two back to back is just too much for me. It really is. Given how this podcast has been going non-stop since October 2020. No, can we just please go back to normal for definite next season in terms of the NHL. Yeah, so it's not normal because obviously new team, new new matrix, all that stuff. Yeah, so there you go. So yeah, so you've got to think because obviously April coming up and being technically being a full-blown month still, I thought, well hang on. I'm not giving myself a massive headache. Cause picture it now, if we did try and still do all the goods we've got also we've got quick finale, combined with you know the cool caller. Lockbacks, Westwatch. 
It's gonna be a four hour, five hour marathon. And that's lit. No, you, that's not. No, that's that's not. No, it's, that's 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 too much. That's even too much for me. That's really too much. So no. So yeah. So I've got. Yeah. So I thought what's a split. Yeah. So next. So yeah. So next month's show. Uh, which will be released in May, we'll be looking back on the final month of the regular season for your Sharks and Barracuda, and we'll look ahead, and we'll also look ahead um, to the playoffs, and we'll see which teams in the West Watch, we will, the West Watch will be a playoff themed one, It'll be, we will look at which teams from the Western Conference are basically going to be joining um, Colorado in, to compete for the West uh, for the first time since the bubbles. I, I nearly said eighteen nineteen, but of course forgot. No, nineteen twenty was the typical playoff format. Just it was not done in everyone's barns. It was done in Toronto Edmonton, so technically uh, but yeah. Um and I know I shouldn't be constantly saying, Well, but because they haven't been locked in yet, but it's pretty obvious. So time by the time this episode's gonna release, Colorado will have locked it in, so yeah, but anyway, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. So that's what's great. So yeah, so May will be just a typical style episode where you look back on the final month of the regular season. And then in June, if you can stammer it. <laughs> it but it's, yeah, so in June, we will have a full-blown finale show. We will do some lots of lots of special things as we always do on our finale. Um, yeah, so yeah. So, and then after that, it'll be a good, well-needed rest until... October 2022 where everything is hopefully gonna go back to normal please just please I can't I can't do a third unusual edge I can't do it I cannot I've not got to I've not got the stamina to do it I really have not plus I want my team to be back competitive again I can't I've got Oh god, yes, yeah, so that's what's um gonna have the last two months of season four is gonna go down. It's <laughs> it, I'll tell you what, it's gonna feel really really weird when we do do the finale. It's gonna feel like um we'll end up being our finale in season two. And that course felt a strange felt like a very strange episode, but for different reasons. Um because for that one we did we literally didn't know when the next time we we're gonna see you was. This was going to be a bit strange because all the stuff that you would normally have in the finale is sort of out the window, just sort of doing fun stuff. But hey, it's what you kind of need to do towards the end of the season, isn't it? You know, you need to try and wind down fun and just have some fun stuff and then get ready for, you know, the uh, next season. But I'll tell you something, I actually am really looking forward to a nice good rest. That, that that may sound bad, but you've bad, but you did this, this. You've not been making making this show for, since October, non-stop since October 2020. I need a rest. So yeah, so I'm kind of in a strange way looking forward to that. So yeah, so hmm, that'd be interesting. But yeah, no, so, yeah, so yeah, so before I've mentioned, so I thought I've mentioned, so I thought I would record this little segment to put at the end of this episode just sort of give you the heads up um of what's coming up because technically next Muppet should be our season finale but because there's still technically a, another full blown month of hockey Jesus Christ 
Oh no, it's just dreadful. Uh, the Eastern Conference technically could go have a lie down. Because theirs is pretty much all sort of... Not that I know the standings, because I don't look at standings anymore. But I think the Eastern Conference is pretty much all sort of locked in. It's just everyone's jostling to see which position they're going to play and who's not going to avoid playing the Panthers. The Western Conference never has a completely different story because there's too many teams that could technically still get into the postseason. And then there'll be the question of who's going to have to play Colorado. <laughs> is that really what this postseason is going to tell you to this year? Everyone's going to want a boy playing Florida, Colorado. Is that really what it's turned into? Bloody hell. What's this come to, I? Yeah. So, yeah. So, technically, next month it should be our season finale. Because, obviously, in April, you, you normally have, like, three or four games left. And then, that's, and then it's playoff time! But of course, this year, it's, it's not working like that. No, they're still another full-blown month, even though you can sort of pretty much guess who's going to be in May 2nd and who's going to be out. It's just... Oh, God. Oh, dear. Yeah, so yeah, so I thought there's no point. So yeah, so next month, it's going to be just another typical episode that you've had throughout Season 4. And then in June, it's going to be our season finale where we're going to do lots of lots of fun stuff and it's going to be lots of fun stuff it really will be but there will be one or two little rants in there as well so you have to be warned <laughs> oh, it's always such a blast so there you go so yes I wanted to mention that in in just to give you the heads up I thought it would be easier to do it on the show rather than posting on social media and all that because obviously social media is limited to a certain amount of characters but yes yeah so there you go so, okay, so that is what's coming up, going to be coming up going forward for Terra Hawk with our last two shows. And then before you know it, it'll be break. It'll be time for a break. Oh no! But honestly, guys, it's a it, it for me. It's going to be a well needed break. I'll tell you what about it. About it on the season finale. But for me, I actually, am this season. I actually, am looking forward to the the off season to the to the break. Because I kind of need it. Because we've been going non-stop since we started season 3 in October 2020. So yeah, so I'm kind of actually looking forward to the break. Because I just need it. I mean, obviously there'll still be teleport bits. But in terms of the podcast, it needs to have a little, a little breather. Gather the thoughts a bit there. Okay. So, so, so now I can finally say that is all on this uh, edition. I'm not sure how long it's going to be now. Obviously we've added this bit. <laughs> but yeah, so thank you for listening as always. Um, if you were getting in touch with us, if you mentioned how you can do that, it, you, you can email us at chillpotpodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear your thoughts, any questions or future Tealport bid suggestions. I'd love to have those in because that could be quite helpful what to do for, tier, for future Tealport bids. Send those in to me. It's chillpotpodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget, you can find us on our public page at anchor.fm.com to make sure um, uh, to check where you can listen to us. I mean, we are literally plastered everywhere, but if you're not sure where, you just go to anchor.fm.com and you can find out where we are distributed. And also, if you haven't already subscribed to my official uh, George Hunt YouTube channel yet, that is where you can go to find out all our report bits. Get subscribing there and there. And if you want to give us a little re- 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 break to the review, you can do that too. 
Okay, all that's left to say is until next time is, and so I will leave you now. Listening to Cheer Report, the podcast made by fans for the fans. Don't forget, you can listen and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. Just visit our public page at Anchor FM to find out where we're distributed. Also, make sure to subscribe to the George Hunt YouTube channel to catch up on all our latest editions of Cheer Report Vids. And you can now email us your thoughts on all things Nazi Sharks at Cheerreportpodcast at gmail.com. Cheer Report podcast made by a fan for the fans.